Let the tampering begin. Let the tampering begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of Dishes and Dimes, a Raptors podcast. I'm Kelsey, and I'm joined today by the Masai Ujiri of Raptors Twitter, Iman, and the MVP cat mom, Noor. And since you already know everything about us from our last two episodes, we're actually going to be able to jump right into the games. So before I hand it off to Noor, I just want to say thank you again to everyone for all the support. And thank you for your questions. Keep them coming. And here's Noor with some game recap. Yeah, so we do have a game today at three against the Chicago Bulls, today being Sunday. But we're recording this podcast earlier in the day to give ourselves enough time to edit and because we have some things to do in the evening. Also, you can watch the game from start to finish. Admittedly, I wasn't very good with watching the games this past week. I think I caught the Cavs and a bit of the Pistons and I watched the Spurs as well, which kind of actually started off our week. The Toronto Raptors were set to play the San Antonio Spurs at 4 p.m. But just a couple hours before tip-off, it was announced by officials that Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna Bryant had passed in a helicopter accident and what could have been the Mars revenge game in San Antonio ended up being a game that nobody really wanted to play and nobody at home wanted to watch. I personally wasn't really able to get myself into it even though I had it on the entire time but I was just mentally checked out after learning about what had happened and I couldn't believe that the players were asked to play when their relationship with Kobe ran so deep. We know Damar, we've grown up with Damar, we know that his entire game is modeled, af- is modeled after Kobe and he credits that to him and just knowing their connection and their roots from LA, it, it just hit a chord knowing that he would have to play while he's grieving and while he's more I agree with you, Nora. I think that for whatever reason, the NBA made them play and they shouldn't have. I think it was a bit, you know, it almost felt like exploitation having to have these cameras in their faces while they're mourning and trying to process their grief. But I do find some small comfort in the fact that it was the Raptors that Damar had to play on that day. And I think that maybe the grief was a little bit easier to handle when your best friend is right there with you. Yeah, I think you guys touched on it. You know, to me, the the game wasn't even what was important on that night. It was the camaraderie and the brotherhood of the NBA. I really appreciated them doing a Kobe tribute to start off the game. You had the 24-second shot clock violations. And I know in other games, they had the eight-second backcourt violation. And I thought that that was a really interesting, I thought. And it worked out perfectly with the 8-24 and there, way to, to honor Kobe. But the game, to me on Sunday, wasn't important. It was a night where everything was so much bigger than basketball. I, I think we covered the San Antonio Spurs game, and we could probably move on to the next game. Yeah, absolutely. Just like the way that we, we took the game in the end for San Antonio, the Raptors won that 110-106. We actually had more of a comfortable lead when it came to the Atlanta Hawks we were in control from start to finish but admittedly for the rest of us dishes and dimes collectively didn't actually watch this game a day that was bigger than basketball but for different reasons sorry guys (laughs) 
um, yeah, dishes and dimes met up for the first time. Yeah, so we obviously weren't able to watch the game, but after lis- listening to highlights and watching clips here and there, it was nice to see that Boucher, after seeing DeRozan, he collected his soul back. He was able to come back to um, Atlanta Hawks, and he was allowed to play. He was out from his timeout where Nick Nurse was just like, okay, you're going to go on a little break now. DeRozan embarrassed you, and he came back with force. It's nice to see the energy he brings. He's always going to give you a highlight reel anytime he steps on the court I just was so happy to see him yeah Chris Boucher was was great it's always such a a refreshing treat to be able to see him especially you know I think Rondé rolled his ankle in the Spurs game and then Marc Gasol I think it was the Hawks game where he injured his hamstring Mm -hmm. so kind of you know the in case of emergency break glass for Chris Boucher it shouldn't really be that because he's such a luxury but he is so fun to watch. 100% and I think something else that happened in this game that we have to mention is Kyle Lowry became the all-time assist leader for the Toronto Raptors. And I think it's so perfect that it happened against, you know, the Atlanta Hawks where where Vince Carter is. So you have a Raptor legend of old and a Raptor legend currently in the same game. And it seemed like the team wanted him to get that. And he he went for it and he got it, which is really exciting. Do you guys have anything to, to say about that? I think, like you mentioned, it was just so poetic. It being against Vince Carter, being the night of the retro night. Basketball that way is it just makes me believe in basketball gods almost. It's crazy how things come together and how like it just it's pretty much magical. It's almost like a fairy tale. A hundred percent. And not a fairy tale game at all, just because it was <laughs> yeah. not exciting to watch in the least bit was the game against the Cleveland Cavaliers where the Raptors also ended up winning. Do you guys have any thoughts about that game? Yeah, that game I think the one thing I took away from it, regardless, even though we won, we won one fifteen, one oh nine. Um I, I think that it really highlighted our rebounding issues and it also highlighted why they were rumored is that the Raptors might be interested in Tristan Thompson because Tristan Thompson alone had 11 rebounds in the first half and all of the Raptors had 15. I know we're missing Mark and I know that Serge isn't really the best defender, but I think we should be better than that. Yeah, 100%. You know, and I think you said it, the Raptors don't really have a lot of rebounding as is. And when you're losing Marc Gasol and Serge Ibaka, not a great rebounder at his position. But to me, I think more than a rebounding issue, what we saw is once again, the Raptors have a game that goes down to the wire. These games are just practices. We, we've heard it a million times. It's 82 practices. And Pascal Siakam is really practicing to be that go-to scorer. He isn't there now. He is growing. He is getting better. And the Raptors keep feeding him down late. But... You know, a couple nights ago, it was really the Norman Powell or Jubaka show, which I think shows how deep the Raptors are with two guys off the bench really being the closers for the team. A hundred percent. Like for us, it's not like we have this one guy that's supposed to go off every single night. It's we have multiple guys who are able to come through. And that's such a good luxury to have. I wouldn't say it's better than having a superstar, but I would say it's it's definitely something that gets you still to a competing level, whether that be the Eastern Conference finals or even the finals. Oh, a hundred percent. I agree. I think if you're prepping to get that superstar, and we can talk a little bit about that later on in the episode, <laughs> having these moments, where the rest of the guys really learn how to step up in these important times is really great because as we will also talk about the Bucks don't really have that yet and so it's nice <laughs> oh baby the Raptors, the Raptors are getting there I think it's so important when you look at the Raptors and having you know more than one player as opposed to having a superstar because you look at when your superstar goes down what happens and the way that the Raptors played the Cavaliers and the way they played the Knicks and the way they played the Hawks is really with no sense of urgency and it's kind of similar to the way that the Warriors, rest in peace, (laughs) um, (laughs) when they had, you know, Clay, Steph, and KD, 
where they would kind of sleepwalk through the first half and then they would, okay, ramp it up during the second and they would win games. They'd be fairly close, but you knew that they were such a better team. And the Raptors are kind of doing the same thing. They just kind of, you know, sluggish, get off to a sluggish start. And then during the second half, they go, okay, I guess we'll win the game now. And as frustrating as it is to watch, it's completely understandable. I love yeah. it. I love that this is where Raptor fans are. Kelsey, thank you. We are the defending champs. There's no need to be humble about it. We're basically the Warriors. Like, what's the difference here? Yeah, we're getting to mention the same name as the Warriors. We, you can't get any better than that. And speaking of um, the Warriors and how much they've they've given us all the good things, they also kind of gave us their injury luck because we lost Norman Powell in the Detroit Piston game, Pistons games to his to fracturing his finger, and he's been out indefinitely. I don't think we have a timeline on him coming back anytime soon. I think that's to be determined going forward. But what do you guys think of all these injuries? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, you said it was, you know, us taking the, the Warriors injury luck, and that's probably definitely a part of it. But also, whoever has put a curse on this team, this hex that you've put on the Raptors, please, we don't deserve this. We apologize for what we've done. Just, just show yourself coward. So, sorry? Just show yourself coward. If you put the <laughs> curse on the Raptors, reveal yourself. <laughs> I think they did show themselves, and I think it was Dwayne Casey <laughs> on, on Friday night. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it was just speaking about the poetic nature of basketball, Nick Nurse clinched the all-star berth against his former head coach, I guess you could say, the guy that he took the job from, which, you know, poor Dwayne Casey, probably why why the Raptors came out injured in that game. That's crazy. How poetic has this week been? Like, DeMar got to have his day morning with the Toronto Raptors. Kyle got his assist playing against Vince Carter and then Nick Nurse gets the all-star coaching position playing again and the game that he wins against doing Casey I know you and then fun, the Raptors also just beat the Cavs because, why? <laughs> <laughs> because I think you know talking about the the playoff berth for Nick Nurse I think perfectly transitioned us into the weekly dish which yes. if you're not familiar with it yet the weekly dish is where we dish about any and everything Raptors or NBA related from speculation to actual news. And today, because the All-Star Weekend is fast approaching, we're discussing all things NBA All-Star, starting off with Nick Nurse coaching Team Giannis in the All-Star game. Do you guys have any thoughts about that? Let the tampering begin. <laughs> hey, if it worked for LeBron. If it worked for Steve Ballmer and Kawhi. I think that we can throw our ethics to the side now. I want my side to go full Steve Ballmer. Yeah, you don't need ethics when you have a championship. Nope. I think words fall short when it comes to Nick Nurse. Honestly, he's done such a tremendous job in his role ever since last year. He got the job, that was his first year getting the head coach position, and he ends that by winning the championship. And then he goes into this season, and he's facing so many adversities bringing them in from last season, whether that be injuries, whether that be trades, and then coming into this season with all the injuries that, that he had. I think we all mentioned how many how many games each player has yeah, missed I so far this right season. Here, okay, let's just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to go through this slowly. Everybody knows I talk really fast, but you know what? <laughs> okay, so Mark Gasol, if he misses tonight, will have missed 15 games. Kyle Lowry has missed 11 games. Norman Powell, if he misses tonight, will have missed 12 games. Pascal Siakam has missed 11 games. Rondé, and yes, some of these were coaches' decision, has missed 11 games. Well, if he misses tonight, Fred Van Vliet has missed 10 games. Serge Ibaka has missed 10 games. And that's through the first 50 games of the year. You have four of the starting five missing 10-plus games. You have six of the top seven rotation players 
missing 10 plus games and the Raptors are still the two seed. I think if you had told anybody to start the year that the Raptors would be the two seed heading into all-star break, I think Raptor fans might've been like, Oh, you know, that must mean Philly's, you know, playing poorly, but they would have believed it and it would have been understandable. I think if you told anyone south of the border, their minds would have exploded, let alone with all of the injury trouble the Raptors are having. What Nick Nurse has done this year is amazing. He shouldn't only be the coach of Team Giannis. He should also be the coach of the year. So joining Nick Nurse in Chicago is going to be Cal Lowry, who got selected as a reserve for the All-Star Weekend. Yeah, so if you want to talk about, you know, coaches, Kyle Lowry has the respect of probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest coach of all time, Greg Popovich, saying that Kyle Lowry is undoubtedly an all-star, and Kenny Atkinson of the Brooklyn Nets also saying that Kyle Lowry is undoubtedly an all-star. Yeah, and if you don't want to take Kenny Atkinson's word for it or Greg Popovich's word for it, maybe you can take the great Zach Lowe's. And this is what he had to say about Kyle Lowry when he was picking his All-Stars. And I do want to make a note. He was not naming Kyle Lowry as an All-Star reserve, but as an All-Star starter. As in, there is no debate that he should be on this team. And this is what he said. Lowry is just a brilliant winning player. Every second he's on the floor, he's doing the exact right thing. Half rotations on defense, extra passes, impromptu screens, little shifts along the arc to open up driving lanes, late switches, tip rebounds, because he's a threat everywhere. As a shooter, cutter, and quick twitch passer, defenses follow every one of those moves. When eyeballs fixate on Lowry, other Raptors slip into the void. The guy is a basketball algorithm come to life. How poetic. I love you, Zach Lowe. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, like, it's, it's so crazy to me that we're discussing whether or not Kyle Lowry should be an all-star. When we've talked about how many injuries the Raptors have had, the reason they're the two seed is because of Kyle Lowry, is because of what he's able to do when you put any other four guys out around him. We saw it in the Mavs game. When the Raptors were down 30 points in the fourth quarter, he took some guys who were in the G League and, and cut it back and actually ended up winning the game down 30. Like, that's what Lowry does. He is this team. Definitely. And, I mean, you look at your list of injured players that you had rattled off earlier, and that's a lot of guys missing a lot of games. And we're still sitting in the two seed. And... I don't think that there are many other point guards who could still maintain the level of basketball that their team is playing as well as Kyle Lowry does when his entire team is injured. Oh, 100%, which is like drives me crazy that Bucks fans are now talking about Bledsoe deserving to start over Lowry. It's like, no, Bledsoe's in a perfect system for him. And Bledsoe's having a great regular season. Pat yourself on the back, Eric Bledsoe. But you're still not an all-star. You are a system player, a role player, in the perfect role and system for you. You're the third option on a very great team with the MVP and another all-star alongside you which allows you to operate in the way that you do. It allows you to have these nice numbers because you're an afterthought there. And that system is also why you're only playing 26 minutes. You can't, you can't just pick and choose your arguments and your battles that way. Per 36 is the most ridiculous argument that you can have. It loses all context. It's like us bringing up Serge Ibaka or Chris Boucher's person <laughs> to decide that they should be an all-star. That's not the way things work when you're a role player. Kyle Lowry is not that for the Raptors. He is the all-star. He is the system, as Nora was saying earlier. 
uh to note guys we actually recorded this entire podcast early <laughs> lost the entire audio file so like my rant is less authentic as it was earlier i was very worked up about this and you can find me on twitter if you want to get into a fight because i'm ready to go um yeah and, like it's just it's so ludicrous and like eric bledsoe is in the perfect system for him and the regular season allows him to flourish there because once the playoffs come around bucks fans are like oh i wonder why eric bledsoe turns into half of the player that he is it's because Teams focus on him, and that doesn't happen in the regular season. Teams sag off of him and dare him to shoot. That's never worked for him. He is not a good shooter. And when you become the focus of the other team's offense because they have time to game plan specifically for you, he loses all of that thing that makes him great in the regular season. And the reason for that is because he's not a star. He can't do everything on the court. He He's not a great three-point shooter. He's not a great shooter from from any point he can get to the rim but when teams sag off of him and dare him to do something he loses all level of decision making he had twice as many turnovers in the playoffs as he had three-point shots made he is not an all-star he is a role player and he's playing the perfect role go off iman i don't even think we need to add anything else now kelsey stupid to me that you're bringing up (laughs) six numbers like that loses all context and it's like it's not fair that you would bring up those numbers and say well the only reason why he's down is because he only plays 26 minutes so kyle lowers 36 the raptors need kyle to play those 36 minutes well it also makes no sense because you can't even really have you can't really say eric bledsoe's name and kyle lowry's name in the same sentence and put them in the same league because like like eric bledsoe like you said he's a part of a system he's a part of 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 what they coach is a, is a part of his team. He's a role player. Whereas Kyle Lowry to the Raptors, he is the system. He is the architect. He is the heart and, and soul. And he's the one who is who the other teams are game planning for. Like your coaches specifically are game planning for Lowry's IQ because they understand how good he is. Your coaches are the people who voted him in to be on the in the All-Star weekend in Chicago this month. And you are going to come online and you're going to say that Eric Bledsoe somehow is a better basketball player and then you expect for you expect us to take you seriously at any point like in this day and age in 2020 I just don't even listen to Lowry Slander because it just tells me that you're not credible and you don't watch basketball and you clearly don't watch the Raptors so why should I even care about what you have to say it's just immediately like I just shut down I'm like oh so you don't know basketball if you want to use per 36 numbers use their playoff per 36 in the Eastern Conference Finals if you're not doing that I don't want to hear it I don't want to hear it it's done you are celebrating Eric Bledsoe in January and come April and May you're going to be wringing your hands and wishing that George Hill was your starter so let's drop this conversation it's stupid Let's move on to the other guy who was snubbed that has Raptor fans a little upset, and that's Terrence Davis. Do you guys have anything to say about that? I have a lot to say about that. Um, I'm channeling my inner Kelly Kapoor here, but number one, how dare you? (laughs) um, (laughs) The thing about Terrence Davis being snubbed is, first of all, Terrence Davis isn't even supposed to be here. I mean, he's an undrafted rookie, and... I think that he kind of gets overlooked because of the way that he plays. He's not playing the way that a John Morant or any of those players are playing because he doesn't have to. He's playing like someone who has years of NBA experience because he's not being relied on as a primary scorer, as a Trey Young, as a Luka Doncic, who, by the way, why are you in the Rising Stars game if you're also in the All-Star game? Are you rising? Or are you already there? Like, you can't be both. So you, you're going to have to pick one. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I agree with that sentiment 100% because um, I don't understand why Trey and, and Luca have to be both an all-star and 
for rising stars like kelsey said it definitely makes no sense you know all these all these stars like trey and loga and stuff they're on teams that aren't doing that great well i guess not Luca, but they're on teams that aren't doing that great and they're they're the draft class for their year and they're expected to do well they're expected to carry their team because they're starting and they're what the other teams game plan for whereas terrence for us he's He's kind of like an Eric Bledsoe for us, but he's a more, <laughs> I guess, established Eric, Eric Bledsoe. Like, he really comes through. He's he's that for us. So he's really a role player. We don't need him to start. We don't need him to run. We don't need to run our offense through him, which also kind of tells us how deep we are. Like, I was, um, I know we we actually had a question about Vasquez that I was looking at. And I was like, oh, my God, Vasquez used to be my favorite player back in the day. And, and I was thinking, I'm like, who would be the equivalent to Vasquez for the Raptors today? And I think the closest I probably came to was, like, Matt. Thomas, which is crazy because look at the how stacked our bench is. The fact that I'm like turning to Matt Thomas to be like, oh, that might have been Vasquez from like seven years ago. Whereas you have TD2 coming off the bench, you have Ronde, you have Norm. Like it's, we look really good. I think because of that, these players don't really care so much about individual accomplishment. Like they understand that the end goal here is to win a championship and we've done it and we can do it again. And we'll see you there in June. A hundred percent. I, you know, I, I think you made a really good point there in that they don't really, I don't know that Terrence Davis cares so much. Obviously having the recognition is great and being a part of All-Star Weekend is something to celebrate, but he's also probably looking towards the playoffs. Like there, there are higher goals here for him. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's exactly right. Like lottery picks are bigger names and they go to worse teams. So they have bigger roles than the undrafted guys. And I think an interesting stat that I looked up this morning is that, you know, last year OG Ananobi made the, the game for the world team. But prior to that, the last Raptor to do it was Jonas Valanciunas in his second year, which is so crazy when you think about how many young guys the Raptors have that no one in between OG last year and JV, however many years ago that was, has been in this game. It's, it's surprising. But I think another thing to note is that Worlds versus USA is very similar to like an East versus West split up, where if you're in the Western Conference, you're probably, especially in years past, are probably going to be left off of the all-star team despite being a really good player because it's just so competitive. And when you're in the East, you probably get to slide in, you know, and you're probably less deserving mm-hmm. than some Western Conference stars who, who were left off. And I think that's a very similar split to what we see in USA versus World, where you know, there are obviously a lot of great international players, but there still are more American players. So I think that might be something that is blocking him there as well. That's a really good point. But I think we're lucky that as far as we're in, we know, Terrence's eyes are pretty much just set on playoffs and the championship. He's not too worried <laughs> about getting to the to the Rising Stars Challenge. Yeah, 100%. I think that can, um, I think we can transition over to our five and dime where we discuss someone who is a perfect dime for us. And for me, I chose NBA All-Star, I guess. Nicholas Nurse, <laughs> I'm so excited <laughs> to see him there. Uh, obviously, that's where he's going to get some recruiting done, hopefully, as the coach of Team Giannis. And also, like, for me, outside of the recruiting, I think the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to is his suit game. <laughs> Nick Nurse, it, suit game is, I mean, it, it's just, it's so much fun to watch. If you have not been paying attention, the man <laughs> loves his window pane suit. And I cannot wait to see which suit he brings out for All-Star Game. 
And he also loves his colors. I'm interested to see if it's gonna be a purple suit, a mauve suit, a maroon suit, which is, you know, the color palette that he likes to work with the most. Sometimes he gets like extra funky and like brings out a nice sky blue suit. So I'm- Oh my God, you know your stuff. We're gonna have Iman on the pod for uh, Nick Nurse's suit watch that day, actually. (laughs) Nick Nurse Drip is what we're going to call it. <laughs> yeah. I will follow it all year long because that man and his suit, it brings my heart so much joy. So that's my five and dime. Kelsey, you want to go next? On your Nick Nurse point, I just want to bring up that I will be the happiest person in the world if not only is Nick Nurse the only person to take the All-Star Game seriously, next, of course, to Kyle Lowry, who takes everything seriously, but if he has his entire team sitting on the bench wearing his customized Nick Nurse hats, <laughs> I think would be absolutely perfect. Listen, like, if he Giannis not... does that, I will have that picture framed. It'll be right above my like bed. It will be my screensaver on my phone and on my computer. Literally everyone around me will just have pictures of Giannis in an NN hat. Yeah, I'm probably going to get it as a tramp stamp if it happens. But um, no, Nick Nurse was not my, my dime of the week. Mine was actually Jackson Hayes telling the, telling the NBA to S his D. Because he's left Star's game. And I'm sorry that I can't get through it without laughing. But sir, you play on a team with the second coming of LeBron James, Zion Williamson. You play with Lonzo Ball. You play with Nikhil Walker Alexander. You play with Brandon Ingram. And you're upset that you, Jackson Hayes, who I only know for his hair, is being left off the Rising Stars team. Like, I don't know if you ladies have. Maybe I've missed it. But have you ever seen a Jackson Hayes highlight reel? Like, have you ever seen Jackson Hayes on, like, the top 10 plays of the week? I think, like, maybe in the background of, like, a Zion Williamson, like, <laughs> block, he might, he might be there if you look hard enough. That's like Jordan Lloyd getting upset that he's not the finals MVP when he was a random guy in a suit. <laughs> My favorite Jackson Hayes thing is the spelling of his name. Like, when we were first discussing this, I thought it was just with the X, and I was like, is this an efficient spelling of Jackson? And then I saw that there was an S in there, and I was just like, this is an inefficient spelling of Jackson. It's now Jackson. And I, I <laughs> So, yeah, great hair and a great spelling of your name, Jackson. Appreciated. I love this twist on the uh, five and dime to Kelsey. I love that we're just using it to roast him, not to actually admire him. Sorry, Jackson. But for me this week, mine isn't that great. Uh, well, actually, no, it's great. It's great. But compared to you guys, it's uh, I didn't really put that much thought into it. I was just so happy to see Chris Boucher back on the court. I was happy that he made it to San Antonio safe and sound. He collected his soul from DeMar DeRozan, made it back on the flight back to uh, Atlanta. And then he started like you know, Nick Nurse was like, "Okay, you've had your two weeks off. I um, I needed you to take a take a breath and just be just think about what you've done and what you had done to you." And then he came back in the LA, against Atlanta, and it's just a whole different level of energy when you see Chris Boucher on the court. His effort level, if it's either defense and he's blocking shots, or if it's offense and he's dunking or making his three pointers, he's a force to be reckoned with. And I feel like he almost makes people around him better because his speed is so versatile that it kind of gets the other guys around him going as well so for me he was my perfect dime and i'm just happy that nick nurse isn't mad at him anymore welcome back from the dead chris yeah 
he he actually really saw his like light flash before his eyes when Demar dunked him. You could see that on his face when he was like laying there and contemplating what had happened. And I'm like, oh, poor baby. But that actually transitions us into our last segment called Dimebag, where we actually had you guys ask us questions on our Twitter page as well as send us DMs. Um, and we have a bunch of them. Like we have a novel, but we want more. So just keep sending us, keep thinking of things and add us whatever it is. At one point, on another at some point we will read your question and we'll answer it but for today we have chris brighton who asks larry needs deserves has earned and must have a statue outside the arena when his career ends what should that statue be of i don't want to answer that with the answer that i have right now okay so i think iman should answer this one because i know she's probably got like a binder full of possible (laughs) statues oh you've seen my folder (laughs) okay here's the thing i don't know if any of you guys remember this but like a decade ago just had like moose all over toronto and my idea is to just do the same thing but just make it kyle lowry Uh, each one can be a little bit different that's number one definitely want that and then number two i i think this is just like it perfectly encapsulates the we the north era is to have a statue of kyle lowry and amarda rosen together i think that would be really great so i would love to see that personally I want that sentence like in a tattoo form on my body, but like the visual <laughs> ones where you can, you know how you put your phone on it and it reads out the tattoo for you? Just I can't believe it. Mom said something nice about DeRozan. Well, here's the thing. I, I think that DeMar DeRozan deserves a statue. And Kyle Lowry's the reason why DeMar DeRozan deserves that statue. So it wouldn't make sense to not have the two of them together. Well, there's always a catch. I get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> We were so close. We were we so were close. right there. <laughs> also, um, we were talking about hologram. Yes, I think we wanted to see Kyle Lowry's transition three in hologram form. It's just a beautiful sight. Like, if you see it, you're not going to want to leave its vicinity. I'm probably going to just sleep next to it if it ever happens. Pitch a tent and just sit in front of a hologram of Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Hologram of Lowry pull up through in transition. That's all I'd ever watch for the rest of my life. Oh my god, we could have it. We could have that. Then we can have the picture of uh, DeRozan and Lowry hugging, and then you can show Nick because we can also have to commemorate Nick. Nick's been great, so we can we can show Nick in the background doing like his shock face, like melt the game just (laughs) in in disbelief. That'd be so good. That's perfect. (laughs) Okay. All right, so Jasper asked, what should the name of the Canadian WNBA team be? That's a very good question, Jasper. And I know Kelsey came prepared for this one. Oh, I definitely did. So I've been thinking about this for a few days. It's been, honestly, it's been consuming me. But I have a few options. So first, there's this fish that called a snakehead that has been, like, invading Ontario's rivers. So that's <laughs> one option. And then we have a falcon which like a raptor is a bird and it can dive at over 300 kilometers per hour to catch its prey. But if it doesn't like kill its prey on impact, it smashes it into the ground until it's dead. And I think that that's just a really threatening aura. And I think that that's a team I would like to be a part of. We've also got black widow spiders, which have also made their way into Canada. Uh, Very terrifying, perfect for a women's team. On location, we've got the Massasauga rattlesnake, also deadly. But my absolute favorite went in a totally different direction. And it is, it's a poisonous flower. It kind it's very pretty, actually. It looks like, kind of like a lily, kind of like a trillium. And it's found from Manitoba, Manitoba to Nova Scotia. But it's deadly. It's poisonous. And the best part of all is that its name is the blood root. 
And I think that's a perfect name for a women's team. I mean, how intimidating is that? Like a beautiful flower and then you're like, blood root. <laughs> I love the route you took with us. So dark and edgy. <laughs> We're just going to scare the other teams. That's how we win. Exactly. It's perfect. It's perfect. I have a creative answer. I was just like, okay, Raptors, um, T-Rex. Okay, that works. <laughs> I know. I was like, you know what? This is going to be Kelsey's forte because the best thing I came up with was like the CN Tower Raptorinas, which I don't even want to get into. So we're just going to skip and forget that I said that. And Lule asks, if you could have a special meal with one of the Raptors, who would you choose and what are you eating? Mm, Kelsey, you want to start? I feel like you would have a good one here too. Instead of thinking about like which Raptor I would want to eat with, I kind of thought about like which food I would want to eat. And every time I go to Montreal, which is like every summer, there's this place called Arahova, and they have the absolute best chocolate cake you will ever taste in your life. So if Chris Boucher is available this summer, I would like to go to Arahova and eat some chocolate cake with you. Oh, I love that. What about you, Iman? So I was thinking about, like, who would have the best story? And I thought, you know, Chris Boucher has a really good bet on yourself story because his his troubles in his youth and then growing up and becoming an NBA champion. I also just thought about OG Ananobi, and I feel like he would be really funny. And also, I know that he wants to eat at Rabba Fine Foods, and that's in my budget. So, like, OG, <laughs> oh, like, my treat, we can do it. And I know that he wants it to be four people. So, you know, there's other people to keep conversation going for the moments where he just sits quietly. And I'm <laughs> Yeah. OG, whenever you're ready, grab a fine booth. I got you. Don't flex too hard, Iman. Don't flex too <laughs> I hard. For like a pack of <laughs> I think for me, it might have to be Rondé because I like conversation over dinner and I like fun, engaging conversation. So I feel like with him and I, we will just be talking about what did the dinosaurs look like back in the day? Are the scientists lying to us? What did they really have skin or were they just covered in like feather and wings from head to toe? And then you're just talking about Area 51 and government conspiracies and just things like that. I feel like we would have so much fun with. And the last question that I have here today is from Not Your Child or Kanye West. And he asks, with either Marcus or Markeith getting in a fight and being generally himself the other day, he said either Marcus or Markeith, um, what's your favorite Raptors on-court fight? I think for me personally, it would have to be the one with Marquise, Chris, and Ibaka. Obviously, it's with Ibaka. Um, and it was the one where I think Ibaka was on the ground and Marquise said something to him after he stared him down. And I don't know. I feel like at that moment, I was like, I wonder what he said to Ibaka because Ibaka got off the ground, like gunning off, and he attacked Marquise held him up in a chokehold position against the net thing in the back. And he was just livid. Like, I've never seen anyone, I guess, that angry. Like, he, I was worried about this man's life. And it's always Ibaka. Yeah, mine is also an Ibaka one. Surprise, surprise. It was against the Chicago Bulls. And for the longest time, the Raptors just could not beat the Bulls. Like, Jimmy Butler would always go off. He had, like, 40 points and a half one time. <laughs> it was just embarrassing to go up against the Bulls. It was a guaranteed L. Hopefully tonight, you know, we're, we're recording this before the game, but hopefully it's a Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, because it seemed like ever since Serge Ibaka threw a punch at Robin Lopez, the fortunes of the Toronto Raptors changed and they started to beat the Bulls. So that was nice. So yeah, so that was my favorite one. He swung at Robin Lopez. He got himself ejected and I believe suspended for a game after that. And the Raptors just went on a tear in that second half and ended up winning the game. It was probably one of the most exciting games in the last five years for a Raptors fan, Jimmy Butler and DeMar DeRozan both going off. And my favorite thing about it actually was like after the game, someone like told Brooke what happened and he was like, oh yeah, yeah. Bet Robin deserved it. 
yep, been there, done that, sir. <laughs> and I just thought that was so perfect. Just, you know, between the brothers there, I thought that was really great. So that was my favorite. So I think I might be the only one who doesn't have a surge fight. Surprise, surprise. But um, my favorite was actually some random April game against the Indiana Pacers. And the Pacers were blowing out the Raptors. And Lance Stevenson and his collective four brain cells decided to bring the ball up from one end to the other and lay it up when the the game was pretty much over. They He didn't need to do that. It wasn't, it's not the way that basketball is supposed to be played. And Corey Joseph kind of looked at him like, you know, what the hell, man? But out of nowhere, PJ Tucker and DeMar DeRozan kind of circled on him like two hungry vultures. And I swear the fear in Lance Stevenson's eyes was enough to keep me going <laughs> for the rest of my life. I hate that man. And I wish that there had been punches thrown. But oh you my know God. what you want. And, you know, having the shit scared out of him was enough for me. I actually love Lance Stevenson. And I got so upset. I think, is he playing for Beijing right now or something? No. He he might be in somewhere, China, in somewhere China. over there. Yeah. I, I I love his antics. I love him on the court. Like the meme with him doing the, the guitar thing with the Russ walking by. I just every little thing he does, I'm just like, you're just entertainment. You know, I don't really know if you know how to play basketball. But for me, you're just entertainment on the court. I have a very like the the wheels spinning, but the hamster's dead vibe from. <laughs> yeah, from exactly. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot going on up there. I think he's a terrible person, but yeah, he's, a he's terrible entertaining. Person. You know what, Lance Stevenson? I hope you're enjoying your time in China. Don't think you're going to make it back to the NBA anytime soon. So, yep. Yeah. I think that's that for him. And I think that's that for our, our questions, actually, and for our episode. But fear not, we will have a trade deadline episode for you in the middle of the week. But until then, I'm Kelsey. On behalf of Iman, Nora, and myself, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you for all your questions. Thank you for liking, subscribing, rating, and just generally listening to our podcast. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you didn't. And we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>